Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 All right, come on in, everybody. Welcome back to The Holler. I'm Justin, founder of The Holler. We are tnholler.com. At the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. We're on Instagram, too. We're also all across the state. We have all these other hollers from Memphis over to the Tri-Cities. So follow all the hollers if you would. And we survive on your support. Small dollar monthly donations really help. TNHoller.com. We have a special guest today, someone I'm a fan of. I've been watching from afar for a while. Josh Black. Josh, how are you today? I am excellent, my friend. Thank you so much for having me, man. Absolutely. So I guess I would describe you as like a comedian and host Nashville's own. How do you describe yourself? Um, well, I like to say I'm a stand-up comedian. And then I guess that's a tree. And then I got a few other branches. You know what I mean? But that's my main, my main bread and butter, just doing stand-up. Doing straight up stand-up. And where do you do stand-up mostly? I know you're at Zany's, right? Yeah, I got a monthly residency at Zany's now. I often do Comedy Bar on 3rd Avenue. That's a newer comedy club uh, here from Chicago. Uh, I frequent at the spot called Out East Comedy Club. It's in East Nashville. Man, wherever I can get my hands in, I'm there, bro. And how is the Nashville comedy scene in general? Is it growing? Is it, you know, is it on the map? Son, it's popping. It's popping. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like, we had we had like hilarious local comics period like pre COVID but then once COVID hit uh, a lot of most of the comedy game nationally was in L A and New York mm-hmm. and because they shut down so hard and they can't do any shows and the South is kind of open a lot of people moved down to the South so now like the new L A is Austin and now okay. you have Atlanta and now Nashville is kind of creeping on up we have a lot of celebrity comics and huge names that live here now so it's only popping man. It seems like you become a little bit of a voice for the area. You know, you've been doing your host stuff. You go out like when the tornado hit, you were out there with the people. Uh, do you enjoy that man on the street stuff? Is that fun for you? Yeah, man. I love it. That was like uh, the first piece of content that I came up with that kind of worked. It was pre-COVID. I would get on the streets and just ask random questions of people. And they were pretty receptive. People liked it. Like people loved me with a camera crew walking down, just asking them random shit. You know what I mean? So it was funny. It got kind of people moving. It kind of unified people because I kind of purposely uh, took my out North Nashville blackness to white areas and kind of mixed it. And it, that just creates a lot of good humor. So what can you tell people who aren't that familiar with North Nashville about the spirit of North Nashville? I feel like it's got its own flavor uh, you know, I haven't spent a ton of time there. I've lived here five years. Okay. Like, what do people need to know about the North? Well, North Nashville is the heart of black Nashville. We have three HBCUs in the same area. You know what I mean? Uh, that's where all the black businesses are. HBCUs for people who don't know that that's a historically black college. Um, and most cities are lucky to have one and we have three in just one part of town, Fisk, Meharry and Tennessee State University. Uh, we also have uh, the TSU homecoming. That's like, 
I don't know what you would call that. That's it's like the hugest thing in black culture in Nashville. That's where everybody comes. Everybody and their mama's at TSU homecoming. And it all comes through Jefferson Street. All our businesses are out there. It's just a hub of culture. You know what I mean? So it's it's a beautiful thing. And of and course, it, you know, it's it, you know, it's getting gentrified slowly at this point, but the culture is still there for sure. Does it feel is there a general sense like, you know, that it gets ignored sometimes by the city and state, like it doesn't get the resources it needs, or is it is that starting to get fixed a little bit? Um, no. Nah. We I mean we don't most black areas in America, you're not gonna get the resources. Um now what happens is you'll have organizations that come through and kind of force the city to do some stuff. Uh, so we have Gideon's Army, uh, which is a powerful activist group. They're into uh, stopping violence and just uh, they were doing a they did a whole lot for the tornado relief. They saved a lot of lives with that. Um, we have Black Lives Matter. And then we also have just regular black people that have ran for office and they chose to do something for the area. So, you know, in areas like that, you kind of got to do it yourself like. The city and the state, they're not going to help you. You kind of have to force yourself to get the resources. Were you privy to when one of the senators, Republican senator, Steve Dickerson, or on behalf of him, they went after Gideon's army and tried to paint them as this like violent black group? Did you see all that? And like, Yeah, I saw uh, I yeah. saw a commercial when they were doing that. That's a uh, that's an old white supremacist tactic. Uh, whenever you see black people trying to help themselves uh, back in the day, they would just kill them. <laughs> And now you can't really do that out in the open. You know what I mean? So you have to just uh, propagate uh, violence, uh, black savagery. You know, you do all the trolling uh, to kind of discredit what they do. But they're so out in the streets and so in public and social media helps. That was just too absurd to even work. Really, Right. And it should be known that the guy that they did that on behalf of ended up losing. And it's possible that that was part of the reason. Uh, do you pay attention to politics? How political do you usually get? I, I'm going to ask you about the thing that you've been a part of. There's a little bit of a controversy going on in a second, sure. but in general, are you political? Um, I am. Um, I don't claim a political party. I identify as a communist, so I'm not really into the Democratic Party or the Republican Party at all. I feel like uh, both of them are kind of in place to uphold uh, America and capitalism. And so I'm not, you know, I don't really trust it. You know, I feel like uh, this system is kind of broken. Well, I take that back. I feel like this system works fine. And there's no, I don't like to call myself a revolutionary as opposed to a reformist. Uh, so Stokely Carmichael is a guy I really look up to a lot. And he would say often that if you go into a house and it's damaged from the foundation, there's no point in putting new rugs down or fixing the mirror or fixing the door. You might need to just, tear that house down and build another one with a, bit, a better foundation. So I'm really not into uh, voting and stuff. I mean, I'll vote because my mom wants me to. So I give my mom two votes. But I don't believe politicians can liberate black people or I don't think uh, that America will, will ever help the working class. And that's kind of who I tend to politically align with the working class people, poor people, and black people. So, is that what you so you? I'm now that you're talking, I'm seeing the Che Guevara sweatshirt, which was hey. on me at the beginning. Uh, when you say you identify as a communist, what does that what does that mean to you exactly? Um, it pretty much just means I put community before capital. Uh, in a capitalist society, what I've noticed is, let's say there's a 
10 people and there's $100 of resources, right? So there's $100, 10 people. In capitalism, one person gets $99 and then everyone else has to just share the $1. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's insane. And so in America, we have, I think, the top 1% or 0.1% have 99% of the wealth. And then the rest of us are just scavenging for things. And I think that's insane. So we have homeless people. We have the highest homeless rate. We have uh, there's people struggling for jobs. Uh, you know, I, I've struggled with to trying to get jobs, try to just feed myself. And it, it, it sucks, man. Like the living rate in Nashville right now, I believe is $21 an hour just to live here. And the minimum wage is still seven twenty-five, so I feel like I'm just the type of person to where if I it's me and there's five of my friends and I have food, there's no way I'm going to eat and just let them sit there. I'm not that kind of person, and I feel like that's what socialist and communist values are: is just sharing is caring. I'm not really a greedy dude. I don't want a billion dollars while people suffer. I give to the homeless if I can. I just and that's what I feel like capitalism teaches us greed. It teaches us selfishness. It teaches us gimme, 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 mine, mine, mine. And I think that's just not that's not a really that's not a real way to live in society. Well, I, I a lot of what you're saying is resonating with me. I definitely feel, you know, I'm on the side of the worker. I think that's definitely where the line is drawn. It should a lot of the issues that we talk about shouldn't be partisan issues. It's about special interests against the people. It's not 99% in the top 1%. It's close though. It's too close. And uh, and you're absolutely right about the minimum wage, 725 an hour. People need to know that Tennessee actually has the highest percentage of minimum wage jobs in the entire country. And the state government has a law. They love to talk about how they're huge fans of small government, but the state government actually has a law that preempts cities like Nashville from raising their own minimum wage if they even if they want to. So there's a fight going on right now at the national level, obviously about the minimum wage, you know, some moderate Democrats have already given up on keeping that as part of the COVID relief package. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing I would say though, is like, how do you fix it if you don't participate? You know, uh, I see that Donna is saying broken system can be fixed. If we vote Stacey Abrams proved that, I mean, she proved that you can win some elections. Sure. I don't know if the system is fixed now, but you know, how do you fix it without participating? Um, I believe in ground up as opposed to top down. So as opposed to, let's say, trusting our gut. Now, mind you, if you vote, I'm not trying to say you're a sellout or you're weird. I don't sure. believe in it. Uh, I just think uh, if we we all want to go to, a, let's say me and you want to go to Florida, you might want to fly, I might want to drive. But as long as we're trying to go to the same place, I feel like you're still a comrade of mine. So I, I, I don't want to shit on voting or anything. Sure, However, no, I feel like the, the it's going to come from the bottom. We're going to have to have our own organizations. We're going to have to have our own way of uh, communalism. We're going to have to find different ways to barter our products to each other, rethinking certain things. Um, because I can't see, uh, I think Lucy Parsons once said, the rich will never allow you to vote your way to liberation. So I just don't know if they'll allow it. Like, and even if we do get the, the, the minimum wage rate, let's say we get it to $20 an hour. I have a feeling, let's say I'm the CEO of Walmart and we raise the minimum wage. So you have two options. One, that money is going to come out of your salary, right? Prices, As a CEO. Yeah. So, but what you, they're not going to do that. What they're going to do is just raise the prices of their products. You know what I mean? So, then the customer 
has to pay for that minimum wage. You see what I'm saying? They're not going to cut their dime at all. That's that's the point of capitalism is to get as much profit as possible. So if I raise the minimum wage, now everything in the store is just high and it kind of still inflates the system. I just think it's impossible to have equality and freedom in this system. I just, it's no way. There's no way. It, capitalism has to have poor people to survive. But it just tells us all that we can be rich one day. It's like putting a carrot in front of a rabbit or something. But if we are all rich, if we all do what they say, capitalism won't work because no one will be working at McDonald's. And yeah, so how I, you, I don't you know, I, I, I'm on your page in a lot of ways. You know, I guess the one place that I sort of feel like I feel like we'd be doing the people who benefit from that a favor by giving up. And so that's why we oh, keep no. pushing. That's why a lot of work keeps happening. Don't give but, up and don't give up. But, it's hard to cut you off. But I yeah. also think uh, if you're trying to rebuild a system or tear down a system and build a better one, you need people on the inside and you need people on the outside. Oh, so, absolutely. So if you go on the inside, you start rattling things up, shaking it up. I'll be on the outside. We can throw rocks from the outside and eventually <laughs> we'll get it popping. You know what I mean? So we yeah. definitely need both because we, we all can't just be on the outside of the system sure. and without anybody within knowing what's going on. And then also, let's say we do get a new system. If we had no one in there, how would we know how to run our own? You see what I'm saying? So if you're a politician today working for the liberation of black people, for the working class, um, if we do find a way to get a new system, we're going to count on you to know how the hell to go forward with our new system. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to ever be a politician. Even if we uh, change the system, I don't I don't know how to run a town. So that's what we need. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like so, you probably you could figure it out. You seem like a sharp guy. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I just could, want people but... I want people to know we can see your comments. And if you have questions for Josh, let us know. I see there's one about Dr. Glover. I'm, I'm not going to ask you that one just yet, but I will eventually. Sure. I wanted to show you a clip just to get your take on this. Uh, I think you've probably seen the controversy about uh, kneeling black basketball players at ETSU, obviously throughout the country. Yeah. And there was a big backlash and the entire Republican Senate caucus wrote, wrote letters to all the colleges in Tennessee saying, don't let them do that. Uh, and this was a clip. This happened yesterday. This was a clip. This is, Senator John Lundberg uh, saying what he thought about kneeling black athletes. And candidly, they decided to give the flag the bird. Is that acceptable to you? No, sir. I've got to tell you, and there are several of us, and in fact, I'm sitting next to Senator Crow who wore the uniform. And frankly, sir, in my mind, Putting that knee down gave the bird to our flag, sir, and I don't see a difference. Tell me what that difference is. All right, so he's talking to the president of ETSU, and he's saying that taking a knee is giving the flag the bird. This was actually followed by a really impassioned speech from Senator Ramesh Ekbari, who talked about being called the N-word and stood with the players. What are your thoughts about either A, what he just said, or be in general about athletes kneeling? Um, I believe if, if they really cared about the troops, we wouldn't have so many homeless vets. <laughs> like, they got to stop acting like they care about the military. First of all, have you ever seen a military recruit in a private school? I, I haven't. Yeah, I've never seen that. They only go to poor and middle class areas. And 90%, I would say, of people that are in the military are people that just needed benefits. They're just poor people. They don't necessarily want to fight. 
but they need food and shelter for their family. You know what I mean? So these are poor people fighting battles a lot of times that they don't even know what they're over there for, how long they're going to stay. Their families don't know what's going on. Um, and this is patronizing to them. You see what I'm saying? So it's not like they actually really care about the military because I feel like they're some of the most mistreated workers in our country, uh, truth be told. Um, so to pretend that you care about them is patronizing to them. Uh, and then also, of course, uh, kneeling is, I mean, that's insane. It's like uh, we did a protest in the 60s where people just wanted to sit in. You said it was legal for us to go into a restaurant. And then we go into a restaurant. We don't say anything. You spray us with hoses. You sick us with dogs. This is the same type of talk. You know, you protest and you, you do it peacefully. You kneel uh, because you don't feel like America is one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. So you kneel as a protest to that. But they know that this is a uh, this is uh, it's just normal white supremacy, everyday stuff. But they're they're getting a lot less sharp. This is dull. It's dumb. People know that already. They, they don't have any new takes. Um, so they just kind of do the same thing they were doing with Kaepernick, you know, so. And I guess I would say kneeling is much better uh, than, okay, I'll put it like this. When uh, Osama tore the towers down and he bombed us, no one in America kneeled. You know, no one was praying and kneeling. They went to war and they fought to get their justice back. Now, when black people are terrorizing, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? But, also, but you have to understand America thinks that is normal to do. So if America right. gets terrorized, they go to war and they fight for their justice. When black people get terrorized, we're just trying to kneel, dude, right. and say stop doing it. So let's, it's hypocrisy. Right. It's hard not to draw the contrast also with the attack on the Capitol. These same Republicans had no problem with that. I mean, not had no problem with that, but, you know, they, they fed the lie that caused it and also weren't sitting around, you know, condemning the sentiment behind it. So, you know, yep. I, I think I think you're absolutely right about that. All right, let's take some questions. I'm glad I asked you about that. I, I think yeah, were salient points. Uh, Got to ask you, I see Joel, my buddy Joel, asking about the Steen question. Uh, I guess I'll give a little bit of a, of a sort of context for people who maybe aren't aware of what's going on. Scoop Nashville, Scoop Clarksville is a site run by Jason Steen. Jason Steen tends to, you know, talk about everybody that commits a crime, he puts up their mug shots. He's, you know, th that seems to be a habit he makes and it, it really vilifies people a lot of times for, for crimes. What, how did you get involved in this? Um, I saw that, uh, I never really liked it. I never really liked, uh, scoop Nashville because of how it, uh, it kind of demonized working class and poor people who are just having a bad day and, he never really asked their side of the story. He would get a police report, put it up, make some kind of funny story mocking them. And then if they were not guilty, he would never go back and fix it. Meanwhile, their whole church, their job has seen it. They've been fired. Their life is pretty much ruined. And he's done this to thousands of people. I never really liked that, man. Um, so I saw that he uh, called three activist women B-words and stupid. And I felt like I had a platform and I had a voice. And I was like, it's time to end that. So. I just spoke out against it. I exposed it for what it is, uh, the predatory, racist, uh, anti-working class, anti-poor people thing. Then he's just making money off of uh, 
vilifying black people and poor people. It's disgusting, man. He's extorting people. He's exploiting people. And I spoke out against it in the city. They they ran with it. They loved it. They rallied behind me. And that's just kind of what it is. Is He lost a thousand uh, Facebook likes within two or three days. Gideon's Army got behind me on it. Activists got behind me on it. It's just normal stuff. But a lot of times people, you weren't aware of it. You know, it's like if you watch Jerry Springer because it's funny and then someone makes you aware of how it's exploiting poor people and you're like, whoa, that's a little cringy. And then you don't like it anymore. So that's all it was. Well, I, I definitely saw that you spoke up and I saw that people got behind you and you were not the only one, I think, that had an issue with what Jason had been doing. Uh, you know, I know that he's up in Clarksville doing a lot of that now. And, you mm -hmm. know, I think the link that you make between crime and poverty, it's unmistakable. You know, the, the facts bear it out that, you know, where poverty exists, that's where crime exists. That's where gun violence exists. So, you know, that's you're you're he's dehumanizing that in what he's doing every single day. And I think, you know, you're showing that you understand that there is humanity behind those pictures. And I think that's a really important thing to do. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad, man. And there are a lot of like I said, there's a lot of class. From, there's a lot of uh, crime from the ruling class as well. Like we talked about the crime of 725 minimum wage. Uh, teachers haven't gotten a raise in years and they have to work two or three jobs. Dude, that that's criminal, man. Like Walmart people, Walmart employees can't unionize. Uh, if you're in a Uber and you're driving Uber, they've been working harder than ever. And now they can't unionize or even get sick leave if they get COVID. That's criminal, but that is bourgeoisie crimes. He doesn't report that. He only reports petty stuff of poor people that try to steal some bread or something. It's just, it's it's ridiculous. And also, he has like four teeth in his mouth. So I, that's hard to look at as well. You know, that's not good for anybody. Well, I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not on the wagon of making up fun of people's looks, but that's between <laughs> you all. Uh, you're a comedian. You can get away with that stuff. Uh, so, so in, in general, what's the best way for people to uh, support you and, and track you and follow what you're doing? Um, follow me on social media at Sir Joshua Black. That's everywhere. Also, go to my YouTube. Please subscribe. Um, that is Check Joshua Black as well. Too, right? I have a show coming up Wednesday. That is March 10th. It's going to be popping. The tickets are going crazy. They're probably going to sell out in the next few days. So please get your tickets. They're only $15. I'm going to have myself. Uh, some of the funniest comics in this state and in the Southeast are going to be there. I'm not just saying that to sell the show. These dudes are really funny. Like, so funny that I was almost like, you can't be on the show. You might outshine me. You know what I mean? So they're that funny. So please come out, enjoy uh, comedy here in Nashville, and kind of expose yourself to it, man. We've got a lot of funny comics. We might have a few celebrity special guests. You never know. Do you have any comics that you, like, look up to and, you know, try to model your game after? Yeah, man. I love uh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, I love Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and Joel's then... Trying to Joel's trying to recruit you to Clarksville right now. Come to Clarksville. Okay. All right, well, yeah, if y'all can uh, shut down Clarksville, I'm coming. I'll move up there. <laughs> I can't be too uh, too close to a weird man like that. Uh, but, yeah, so it's uh, it's, it's going to be fun. And uh, and also, I look up to uh, 85 South. That's a trio of, of guys that are doing comedy. They do, they do a mixture of stand-up and improv, and they are killing the game right now. They're, like, changing the game of comedy. So that's a big inspiration of mine, too. All right, before we let you go, one last thing. I want to show people a clip of what you do with your man on the street stuff. This is one that I saw that I thought was super funny. Okay. Uh, this is a dude that you talked to <laughs> on the street in Nashville. Now, if Joe Biden wins the election, do you think Kamala will go back to dating black men? 
No, sir. I choose to be Jesus Christ. And guess what? I didn't choose by myself. It was chosen for me. I've never been shot. I've never been stabbed. I've had sex with a lot of girls. Listen, I'm 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 such a I'm such a whore. I was celibate for a year before I met my wife, and I was celibate four years before I met her. She was valedictorian at Whitehaven High School. She graduated from Vanderbilt almost, and I went to Ole Miss. And that was you. Graduate. I, <laughs> I like that you asked me if that was his uh, bus. Uh, the only reason I <laughs> Ole Miss is because she didn't do it. I love you guys. You're All great. Right. And- so good. All right. Well, so that's that's some of Josh's band on the street stuff right there. That's fantastic. That guy's uh, excellent. The more of that, the better. If you have any of that stuff that you want us to share, always let us know, man. Okay. Well, I had to stop doing that, man, because it gave me COVID. Oh, did it really? It yeah. literally did? Yeah, literally. Well, part of your problem might be that you're not wearing your mask. You know what? I was, <laughs> that, that could be it. it was, how, funny would it be if, how funny would it be if he gave you COVID? Uh, it's like, I'm going to give you 10,000 views, but I'm also going to give you that's, extreme fatigue. That's not possible because he's blessed by God. And ah, so God wouldn't yeah. have done that he's, to him. He's Jesus himself, He actually, yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on here, man. And everybody, follow Josh. Know him. And uh, support his stuff. He's a funny dude. We will Thank see you so you guys. much, bro. Anytime you want me, man, I'm, I'm pulling up on you, dude. Hey, are you coming on Wednesday? What you got going on? Wednesday night, is that your show? That's it, man. I'm going to try to clear it with the missus. we got two tiny little kids, so ah. it's hard to get out. But I'm going to try it. Okay, and I got you. Don't get in trouble now. I'm not trying no, to get you in trouble. I know. All right, everybody, follow all the hollers. Follow Josh. We'll see you soon.